Good morning, everyone. Um, hey, man, love it. So good to sing the gospel this morning. Wow. Um, i really excited to introduce this morning's speaker as we uh, really begin our ser- series of identity this fall. And uh, I'll be sharing more about this later this week, but uh, we're really going to begin unpacking that theme, the central theme to our life and faith in Christ of knowing who we are, knowing whose we are. And so uh, Carmen LaBurge is going to be speaking this morning, and she is the host of the morning, one of the, the morning radio show on Faith Radio. Anyone listen? Who's up between 6 and 8 a.m.? Anyone? Okay, a few of you. Okay, maybe some of you morning commuters getting to a 7.50 class. Um, I, I was listening this morning, and I often do the days I'm coming in early for, uh, for class. But um, so she, this, this program is reaching a half million listeners um, every, every month, and Carmen has... Uh, a passion and just a great gifting to bring in speakers that all across the spectrum of Christendom and to really bring faith to life by connecting our faith journey to the real relevant everyday issues um, that, that we face and how do we respond and react and engage with the Christian worldview. Um, she is the author of the book uh, Speak the Truth, How to Bring Back into Every Conversation, how to bring the God back into every conversation, and the executive director of the ecumenical evangelical effort called the Common Ground Christian Network. And so uh, I want to also mention, as Carmen is one of the just fantastic to speak with, we want to give you an opportunity to do that in a more personal setting. This afternoon from 3.30 to 4.30 p.m. in G210, so in the Billy, we're going to have... Uh, uh, cocoa and um, cookies with Carmen. So, um, so if you want to come for Q and A, maybe something you'll hear her say just uh, this morning that you want to be able to dialogue her with her about. Uh, we invite you to do that, and spiritual development credit will be offered. So, would you please give a warm Northwestern welcome to Carmen LaBurge? And uh, would you pray uh, for her with me as she shares with us? Father, thank you that you have given us Jesus Christ as our living hope. I thank you that in him we have been born again unto that living hope. And I pray that you would speak through our dear sister this morning. Fill her with your spirit. May our hearts be attentive and our heart good soil to receive your word of truth. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. What a pleasure and a privilege uh, to be here with you today. Um, so being born again into a living hope, I, that is one of my favorite verses of scripture. I want to share with you just really quickly, this isn't in my notes, so this is the free part, the extra part, the extra credit part. Um, so I was touring a facility, I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and I was touring a facility that is designed for young women um, who have been trafficked and who have spent much of their childhood and young adulthood in situations that are really um, difficult to imagine. And so this home setting that they are now in gives them the opportunity to like, actually learn what it even is like to be in a family. And um, you know, you, I'm hoping that you grew up in the kind of environment where you actually like sat down at table fellowship with your family, like just for a family meal. That's something that's actually new to them. And like, how do you even do that? So while we were touring, it certainly looked like the dining room was being set for a birthday party. And that was absolutely what it appeared to me was happening as they were setting up the dining room. And she said, no, no, we don't actually celebrate our like birthdays here because for a lot of our young women, that's just not something that in their family of origin is even something that they want to acknowledge. But we do celebrate everybody's rebirth day. 
and their rebirth day is the day that in their experience they were set free that someone came and liberated them from very real bondage in this life and they um, they have a re a rebirth day card that they they each get on their rebirth day when that is celebrated and it is this passage about Jesus Christ being our living hope that we're born again into this living hope so that comes from first peter and if um if that's not a passage that you're familiar with what it what it means to be reborn into a living hope um i hope that is something that you will check out in the scriptures uh it's in it's in first peter and it's a beautiful passage today the passage of scripture that we're going to look at is uh second corinthians chapter 5 picking up at verse 16. And so if you've got a Bible, you can open it. If you've got a phone, I'm good with you opening it on your phone. Um, if you want to follow me on social media and tweet out what we're doing or Instagram or Facebook, I'm good with all of that, unless that's against the rules. Are we not allowed to have our phone? Can we have our phones out? Okay. I can't actually, I don't know if you've been up here with the bright lights. You can't actually see anybody. So if you need to get my attention, you're going to have to make some noise, okay? Agreed? Okay. Feedback is good. Always welcome. Thank you. Okay, so, um, so here we go. From 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to read verses 16 to 20. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. This is the word of the Lord, um, and I am grateful for it. I, my response to that is always just, you know, thanks be to God. It is, uh, it, it's really a privilege to be able to open the word of God. Individually, it's a privilege certainly to be able to open it together. It's a great privilege in the world today to have the religious freedom to be able to gather together without fear in a place like this. Um, and to do so publicly. And so as we remember that we are a part of a global body of believers, I want you to really recognize, at least every once in a while, what a privilege it is to go to a Christian college um, in a country where you're free to do that and have access to the Word of God and the, and the opportunity to open it together. So never take that for granted. Uh, one of the things that my mom used to say when I'd be leaving the house, and I think it was because she was fearful that I was up to no good, but um, uh, I'd be leaving and she would say, now, could you just remember as you go out there into the world, you may be the only Bible that someone else reads today. Well, it's kind of like a heavy weight when I think about it now, but if we consider that as we are out there in the world, we are a living demonstration, a testimony, a witness to something. All right? And so, as Christians in the culture today, um, we are representing, representing Christ. And so, you may be the only person out there today 
that somebody encounters who self-identifies as a Christian. All right, and the self-identity, this, this identity that we claim, is a big deal in the culture today. I don't know if, you know, right? Identity issues, these are issues in the culture, yes? Identity politics. Um, in, a, in my generation, people are more concerned about identity theft, maybe, than they are about identity politics, but it's, it's an issue. Identity is an issue in the culture today. And it's not just uh, identity issues at the personal level. Like, as a culture, we have identity issues. You're going to hear questions in, in, in a lot about, like, who are we as Americans? Like, we're making these decisions about who we're going to be. And you'll hear references to things that will happen, and people will say, that's not who we are. Well, if it's happening, then at some level, it is who we are, but maybe we don't like what that says about us. And so that's part of the identity conversation that I want to have with you today. And this passage from, um, from Paul to the church at Corinth, he is really trying to help them understand who they are in Christ. And there's a big therefore that's in this passage. And when you're studying scripture and you see the word therefore, do you know the question you're immediately supposed to ask? What's the therefore? Yeah. See, studying the Bible is actually not tricky. Right? It's not tricky. If there's a therefore, then we want the little mental hook to go off and for you to say in your mind, oh, there's a therefore. What's the therefore, therefore? And you're going to, you're going to wonder what came before this that obviously has then produced this need for there to be a therefore. So Paul is seeking to establish that those who are in Christ as their identity are going to then walk that, walk that out into the world that God so loves in particular ways, in very specific ways. He describes it as a ministry of reconciliation and ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven. People who are in Christ, people who identify as Christians, not only do we not need to wonder who we are, we don't need to wonder what we're in the world to do. If you are in Christ, right, which is the big question, that's a, that's a huge question in this passage, those who are in Christ are distinguished from those who are not in Christ. And so the identity question is a big one here. Do I identify with Christ in such a way that I am in him, that my life is hidden in Christ? That's another way that Paul describes it um, in other places in his letters. Is my life hidden in Christ? Am I, am I covered in Christ? Am I in Christ in the same way that uh, a branch is in the vine? In Jesus' own language, do I abide in him? Do I live and move and find my being in Christ? Or do I imagine that being a Christian is sort of like a, an add-on? It's like a side dish. It's like, mm, it's, it's, it's over here, it's a piece. Okay, what Paul is saying is, that's just not what this looks like. Once someone is in Christ, we are a new creation. Everything has, that's old has passed away. We're dead in our sins, is another way that you would have heard it described. And we are raised to newness of life in Jesus Christ. We're, we're totally a new creation. And so you don't bring any of that sin nature 
forward into your identity in Christ. And you say to yourself, but I still am prone to sin. Yes, I totally get that, and I understand that. And there's a process of sanctification that goes on throughout the course of a lifetime once we are in Christ. But it's an active moment-by-moment cooperation with the Holy Spirit. It's every moment of every day saying, I am so thankful that the Holy Spirit is, is the operating system in my life, and I'm going um, I'm, I'm to cooperate with the presence of the Holy Spirit to bring me into greater conformity with who Christ is. Because that's my core identity now. That's how I identify and the one with whom I identify and the one to whom I belong. People in the culture are really only asking three questions. Every, everybody's asking these three questions, by the way, and I will just go ahead and, you know, the spoiler alert. For Christians, they're all answered in Jesus Christ. People are trying to answer these questions, these questions of identity, belonging, and purpose in lots of different ways in the culture and in the world. But ultimately, for Christians, all of those, uh, all of those questions are answered in Christ. The identity question, who am I? Uh, the question of belonging, where do I fit? To whom do I belong? Who are my people? And the question of purpose, what in the world am I in the world to do? All right? So identity, belonging, and purpose, the three main questions that every human being everywhere is asking are answered in Jesus Christ. And Paul actually lays that out here. For those who are in Christ, we are a new creation. Everything that's old has passed away. See, everything has become new. There's an identity here. I'm now a a Christ follower. I'm now a Christian. In Galatians, he talks about it as it's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me which means that this life is his to do with what he wants. So that's the identity part of this conversation. And once you are a Christian, then you develop the mind of Christ on the matters of the day. The Holy Spirit actually becomes the operating system of your life. And the questions that are being asked about things in the culture or issues, you're like, oh, you know, I'm not really all that confused about that because it's pretty clear to me where God is at on that particular question. And I don't then have a choice to choose other. Because in Jesus Christ, right, Jesus came to demonstrate what it looks like to lead a life that's completely aligned with the will of God, completely aligned with the will of the Father. And you're saying, well, he had an advantage because he is God. He's fully God and he's fully man. He has no advantage, though, in this area because he has given us his Holy Spirit. And so once we are yoked to Christ, I want you to think of that yoke that Jesus describes. Our yoke is easy and my burden is light. Can you envision that, a yoke? Can you envision yourself being yoked to Christ? Now I want you to imagine for just a moment that every single person in the room is yoked to Christ. Okay? Well, does that mean that there's like a thousand yokes and everybody's yoked to Christ and each one's going their own way? No, it also means we're all yoked to each other. So now visualize that. Because being a Christian isn't just about me and Jesus. It's about me and Jesus and all the other Jesus people. So identity, my identity in Christ gives me not only a sense of belonging to him, but belonging to you. When you came to Christ, 
and entered into a reconciled relationship with the Father through the Son by the power of the Holy Spirit, that's this experience of individual reconciliation that we have, which Christ came to give us, came to accomplish through the cross, it then produced this reconciled community. Each person who is reconciled to Christ is then thereby reconciled to one another. We're designed to live in fellowship with other believers in order that we might be mutually encouraged in our walk of faith together and a living demonstration of what that looks like, what a redeemed people look like in a culture that's divided and broken. That's the ministry of reconciliation. The ministry of reconciliation that Paul is talking about here is the ministry of the body of believers, each person reconciled to God in Jesus Christ, and then, because, you know, I'm yoked to him and you're yoked to him, therefore we're yoked to each other, this body of believers, also described as a body, it's described as a building in Scripture, it's, de it's described as the bride of Christ, the ecclesia, the ingathered community, the church, how all of us together are then in ministry together, demonstrating the, to the world what reconciliation looks like. Not just with God the Father in this vertical restored relationship, but reconciled relationships with other people. How much does the culture need that today? How much does the culture that we live in need a living witness, a living demonstration of what people in reconciled relationships with one another looks like? I think it needs it a lot. Well, we have that ministry of reconciliation. And so if you've ever wondered who you are, if you are in Christ, then you are a person who has been reconciled to the Father through the Son. That is awesome. That is a place in which we can rest. That gives us the ability to turn to God and call him Abba, Father, to walk right into his presence and just to just to be loved and enjoyed and seen and cared for and protected and provided for. But it also gives us a sense of belonging to a community of believers, the great fellowship of the saints that we call the church. And it reminds us what in the world we're in the world to do. We are now in the world, regardless of what vocation you enter, which how many of you are like media majors of some variety or another? All right? And how many engineering majors? I've met like a lot of, wow. Like I, thank God for you because I have to tell you that it's the engineers that make it possible for me to be in my pajamas in my radio studio in the morning in my front, you know, yard in Nashville, Tennessee, and for people in Minneapolis to think I'm here. Like, right? Only the engineers know how to make that magic happen. So, um, so God bless you. Um, and, and maybe you are um, an English major. It doesn't, like, there are all kinds, of, okay, you know what, on the count of three, everybody uh, yell out your major, and if you're undecided, that's a major too. Like, I get that. Okay, so, one, two, three. I love that. That's like my favorite thing. I wish, okay, let's do another one. Um, on the count of three, when's your birthday? One, two, three. I know, you're thinking, I, th I don't know why that makes me so happy, but that makes me happy, so thank you. So God was actually able to hear each and every person individually. He knows you, the number of hairs on your head. 
intimately in Christ Jesus, and he knows all of us collectively together as a body of believers, and he sets before us the opportunity to walk our faith out into the world that he so loves, to be a living demonstration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That is the ministry of reconciliation. That is the ministry of reconciliation. That God, who was reconciling us individually to himself in Christ Jesus, then said, hey, you guys all belong to each other. And together, I'm going to send you out there in the world to be a beautiful, living, visible demonstration of what it means for people to be in Christ. That's actually the gospel that the world's dying to know. And so whatever your major is, whatever you end up doing vocationally, in every single one of those environments, you are going to be an agent of grace, a minister of reconciliation, and an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. The role of the ambassador is one that I want to be sure that we touch on right here at the end. When we think of an ambassador, we probably think of a foreign country. Well, you are an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven. And you are deployed in the context of a particular culture at a particular point in human history that is foreign to the gospel. You have been deployed right now. You are living on purpose for God's purpose right now in the foreign culture of the United States of America in 2019. And it is a culture that is now foreign to the gospel. And you are the ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven who are going to make the king and the kingdom principles known in the kingdoms of this world. And I'm excited about the future um, because it is literally, by God's grace, in your hands. Let's pray. God, I thank you for each and every one of these, my brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I thank you for the way that you are operating in their lives. Um, I thank you for the way that you are inviting each one of us into intimate fellowship with you. And I thank you for the way that you have knit us together as your people in the world today to demonstrate the beauty and the truth of your reconciling love in Jesus Christ. Let us go forth this day to learn what we can learn um, and to, in our conversations, be seasoned with salt and in our fellowship with one another to be of great encouragement. Um, I thank you again, Father, for the opportunity to be here with these um, fellow saints, and I simply ask your blessing upon each one today as we go forth in Jesus' name. Amen. I'll see you for cookies and coffee or cocoa later.